podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What's good, boys and girls? Welcome to the Two-Footed Podcast. On Tuesday, the 2nd of February, we are brought to you by EPLindex.com in association with the presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is, of course, a VPN provider, so check out their services at libertyshield.com and use the code EPLVPN to get 20% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft. Home of Hopcroft is a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide do check out all they have on offer at homeofhopcroft.co.uk. Right, boys and girls, transfer deadline day is over. The window didn't so much slam shut as just sort of ease shut. Uh, very underwhelming day, um, mostly loans throughout Europe. There wasn't a whole lot of big spending done. Uh, I think it's the lowest transfer spend in a transfer window since, I want to say, January 2010, which is obviously quite a long time ago. So, you know, the COVID pinch uh, proved quite a big thing for most clubs through the Premier League. What we're going to do, we'll have a run through each club, see what they did. And, you know, I'll be a little bit past remarkable on what they didn't do. And then, um, because we might as well, we'll do some gossip at the end as well. We'll start with Arsenal. They brought in Omar Rakik, young defender from Berlin, Hertha Berlin. Brought in Matt Ryan on loan from Brighton and Martin Odegaard on loan from Real Madrid. I, I do like the Odegaard signing. I think he's super talented. And if they can get him in the team and if they can find a way to have him, Smith Rowe and Saka in the team, I think they're going to create a lot of chances. I don't know whether they'll keep him. They seem to have their heart set on Emi Buendia. So maybe Odegaard is just there to fill that time. But if he does well, I mean, I'm sure they'll want to keep him. He's, like I say, super talented. Matt Ryan has not been particularly good for about 18 months, but he's still a a decent goalkeeper. Good age. He'll be a a much better backup to Bernard Leno than um, runner Alex Runnerson has been. And then Omar Rakik will just go into their under-23s, you'd imagine, and he's one they'll try and develop. They loaned out Saeed Kalasnak to Schalke, which, you know, a high, high-paid high player who wasn't part of their plan. It's a good move to get him off the wage bill. Loaned out William Saliba to Nice. It's a bit of a weird one, that, because they are crying out for another good centre-back. He is a good centre-back. I know he's young and unproven, but he's looked good for Nice so far. He looked very good for St. Etienne before they signed him. They haven't really given him anything resembling a chance. Whether Arteta just it doesn't fully trust him or not, I don't know. But it's a bit of a weird one. Um, Daniel Ballard, his loan was extended at Blackpool. Matt Macy has gone to Hibernian. Uh, they released Socrates. I think he's going to sign for Olympiacos. They released Mesut Ozil. He has signed for Fenerbahce. They loaned Matt Smith to Charlton, Joseph Aloe to Wilston, Zach Zeke Medley to Will, to Kilmarnock, uh, released Schroeder Mustafi, who has signed for Schalke. 
Uh, loaned Ainsley Maitland-Niles to West Brom. I think that's a bit of a weird one for Arsenal, but we'll speak more about him in a bit. Loaned Joe Willock to uh, Newcastle. Again, do you really have the quality in midfield to be loaning out two players? I, I don't know that you do. And um, James Olienka, he was on loan at Southend. That loan's been extended. I don't think they did quite enough in terms of incomings, but I think they've done very well in terms of outgoings because they've gotten Kalasinak off their wage bill, Socrates off the wage bill, Osul off the wage bill, and Mustafi off the wage bill. Arteta inherited the island of misfit toys. A bunch of players that didn't make sense together, many of them overpaid, underperforming, they haven't fully cleared the decks there. I mean, David Louise is still there, but his contract expires in the summer. You'd hope they have the sense to just let him leave. They made mistakes in the summer. The Willian signing, that deal just looks poor and is going to get worse as he ages. And then the contract extension for Aubameyang, I think, was ill-advised. They probably should have cashed in, taken one of the offers that they had. And moved him on. By the time they're good enough to be competing for, you know, the, the title or I think maybe even top four, that Aubameyang contract is going to be painful. It's going to be another Ozil contract. So look, it, it is what it is. Unfortunately, they, they haven't learned from past mistakes, but they do seem to be committing more to the idea of the rebuild, committing more to a long-term vision, a long-term plan. They kept their money for the summer, which is probably a wise thing to do. Uh, they've probably paid a loan fee for Odegaard, but like, like I say, I, I do really like that signing. I think Arsenal could have done a bit more, but all all things considered, I, I think they can mark it down as a good window. I do. Uh, Aston Villa, Morgan Sanson in from Marseille. I like this signing. He's a quality midfield player. He'll add another good option in there with the likes of John McGinn, Ross Barkley, Douglas Louise. Uh, Marvellous Nakamba, that, that's a strong midfield unit. He can be used either as a holding midfielder or as a box-to-box midfielder. Talented player, versatile, a good signing at the price. I think they paid about £15 million for him. It's more backing for Dean Smith from these owners. That's always a positive thing to set, to see. And um, for Villa, it's it's onwards and upwards. They're, they're doing very well this season. And again, I, I like this move. Uh, they didn't lose anybody of note. They loaned out uh, Kalinic, Kalinic, the uh, the goalkeeper. Jack Clark went to Chesterfield. Tyreek Wright went to Walsall. Dominic Revan went to Weymouth. Callum Rowe has gone to Hereford. Connor Hurahan, the only real kind of other senior midfielder they had before they brought in Sanson. He's gone to Swansea. He's already started quite well there. Uh, Indiana Vaselov. He's a talented player, actually. He's gone to Cheltenham. Uh, Henry Lanzerborough, who, when he came through at Arsenal, really did look like he was going to be a quality Premier League player. His career sort of stagnated. He had a, a long spell in the championship with, with Forrest and Villa and a couple of loans elsewhere. And it, it hasn't really worked for him. I'm sure he'll get picked up. He's a good championship player. He could be a really good League One player. Um, Look, he could be a good SPL player if there's, you know, if, if Hibbs or Aberdeen or somebody like that was looking for a, a good ball player in midfield, 
he'd be the type of fella you'd want to get hold of. Uh, um, talented lad, just his career has never gone the way it probably should have. And at this point, he's probably just looking for, you know, one last good move to to see out the the last days of his prime. Um, Federic Gilbert, the the right back, he's gone to Strasbourg on loan as well. So they didn't lose anybody of any real importance. Hurahin's the only one that had really contributed a whole lot over the past 18 months. Gilbert was was a starting right back, I suppose, for most of last year, but didn't really settle, didn't really work out all that well. Um, they've upgraded their squad. I think it's a good window for Villa. I think it's a positive window. Keeps them moving in the right direction. They kept hold of everybody that they want to keep hold of. And they seem to be getting good news on Douglas Louise that City aren't going to uh, use their buyback. So all things considered, you know, very, very good from Villa. Brighton and Hove Albion brought in Moses Cas- Moises Casado from Independiente de la Valle. Uh, defensive midfielder, super highly rated. Like, very, very elite, highly rated. This kid, many people think, is the best young defensive midfielder in South America. Many clubs across Europe were interested. Manchester United apparently had the inside track on him. And then for some reason that move fell apart. Whether United walked away, whether he turned them down thinking he could go to Brighton or somewhere else and play quickly and more regularly, I don't know. But I've seen a lot of people say they think United will regret this one and that Brighton have done brilliantly to get him in. They've also cut short the loans of Jacob Motor and Michael Karbanek, the two Polish midfielders, or Polish players, they brought in in the summer and had loaned back to their um, to their parent clubs, I think Legia, Warsaw, and Leg Poznan. They've brought them in. Motor's a midfielder. Karbanek is a, is a left-back or left-wing-back. Both super highly rated, so they've got three quality young players coming in to join the squad. I... Still feel they left themselves a little bit short. You still would have liked to see them go and get that striker that they so desperately need. And I, I think a goalkeeper would have been well worth getting in as well because, you know, you, you let um, Matt Ryan go. I, I think a starting goalkeeper, even just at a short-term fix, would have been ideal. Maybe they'll do that in the summer. Uh, Jason Malumbi goes to Preston on loan. Uh, Victor Goyorkis goes to... I've butchered his name, sorry. Uh, he's gone to Coventry. They've also got um, Ostegaard, is that his name? The young Norwegian centre-back. He's already at Coventry on loan from Brighton. So obviously they're happy with that pathway. Warren O'Hara has left permanently to go to MK Dons. Bernardo has gone on loan to Red Bull Salzburg. Matt Ryan obviously out on loan. Glenn Murray finally leaves the club on a permanent deal, uh, having not had the best time on loan at Watford. He's gone to Nottingham Forest where he'll reunite with Chris Hutton. And Max Saunders then, or Sanders, he's gone on loan to Lincoln. So, again, I think they've left themselves a little bit short up front, but you have to be very impressed by the Casado deal. If he is what he's painted to be, they've they've either found their replacement for Eves Basima or their partner for Eves Basima. Motor, again, so highly talented, so highly rated viewed as a long-term starter there and the same with Carbonic and Carbonic will give them that balance on the left when um when Tariq Glamty comes back they can have both of them it'll give Solly March a bit of cover and a bit of competition so again you, you have to be happy with the window didn't lose anybody of importance 
I think that loan to Preston for Malumbi, who I, I think is a very good player, will prove important. And I think he's going to come back next season and he'll play a part. So even if they lose Basima, if they have Casado, Mulder and him, I think that's that's a strong three. They'll have Davy proper. They likely have Pascal Gross. It's not a bad not a bad midfield group uh, for Brighton. Burnley brought in Ben Ward from Hastings and Anthony Gomez Mancini from Angers and loaned out uh, Bobby Thomas Luca, to, to Barrow, Lucas Jensen to Bolton and Adam Phillips to Accrington. In truth, they didn't do anywhere near enough. They've uh, Once again, they've let Sean Dyche down. There's an awful lot of rumblings about the finances of the new ownership. The new ownership are being very flippant with their responses to any kind of question about their ownership. Um, I think it's one that people are going to have to keep an eye on. It doesn't look promising early doors with these owners. I hope I'm wrong, but I, I'm, I'm really not comfortable with the position that Burnley find themselves in now. Um, and I feel really, really bad for Sean Dyche because as I've said, I'm a huge fan. I think he's one of the six or seven best managers in the league. I think if you back him, he will reward you with, with good performances, over performances and good league finishes. He's the best thing that's ever happened to that club. And it wouldn't surprise me if we're entering the last days of Sean Dyche as Burnley manager. If he gets an offer in the summer, I can see him walking away. Having got no backing at all this season, Dale Stevens for under a million quid in the summer. No, thank you. And with the greatest respect to, to Ben Ward and Anthony Gomez Mancini, I think they're signed for doing the 23s. I don't think they're senior team players. So it really doesn't reflect well on Burnley ownership. Uh, Chelsea didn't buy anybody. They did let Charlie Brown leave permanently to MK Dons, Lucas Piazon to Sporting Braga. Eventually, he's been at the club 10 years, had 47 loan spells and you know one or two appearances. Uh, Danny Drinkwater gone on loan to Kasimpasa, I'm not sure, in Turkey. Uh, one of the disastrous signings that they've made over the last few years, 40 million, I believe. Could have been 30, but he's on 100 grand a week. He's barely played for them. When he has played, it hasn't been good. Uh, Baba Rackman goes to PAOK. He's another one that just didn't work out for them, unfortunately. He had a bad knee injury, didn't have the trust of managers, and he's gone on loan. His career is fizzling. And uh, Jack Wakeley on loan to Brighton, which is a strange one. Uh, I assume he's gone to the Brighton on the 23s. You'd wonder if this is just another one of those deals where Chelsea are giving up on a young player and, and Brighton are taking advantage of it like they did with um, Terry Glamty. You know? Wakeley is a central defender and he's 20 years of age. I, I do think that's probably that's probably one where he ends up staying in the summer because why else would, would Brighton loan him in? It doesn't really make sense. Brighton aren't short at centre-back. They have White, Webster, Dunk, Veltman, Dan Byrne, the kid I mentioned at, at Coventry that they can recall if they need. They didn't need a centre-back unless it's permanent. I don't see them loaning one in. So I'd imagine that ends up um, being a permanent move 
from um or for him. Uh, Chelsea not signing anybody, not surprising. And then the the, the big deal for Chelsea is uh, Fekio Tomori leaving on loan to AC Milan with an option to buy. I, I'm really really stunned by that deal. It's one of the more surprising deals of the window. I thought he was somebody that really could have played a part for them. When you look at some of the people they've played centre back this year, I don't think they're better than him. I don't think they've got the future he has. I think Milan have stolen him. Um, not signing anybody. It's not surprising. They're probably a little bit hesitant to do anything. Tuchel's only in the door. Obviously, they didn't want to back Lampard anymore because they knew they were firing him. So they still have needs, but their window is expected. The only thing I wasn't expecting was that they'd give an option to buy on Tomori. I don't think they'd have done that if they'd been loaning him domestically. He had been linked to Everton and West Ham. Uh, Crystal Palace bring in Jean-Philippe Mateta on loan from Mines with an option or an obligation to buy. I'm not sure which. Very, very talented, highly rated, still a little bit raw. Still, his first touch can make him look a little bit poor at times, but the, the raw tools are there. And when it all clicks for him, he does look like a very good player. I think he's one that they'll bring along slowly. I, I assume they're planning to keep him. They just didn't want to have the big outlay in January, but they've been needing a goal scorer. I think Benteke probably leaves in the summer. I think they'd be mad to do anything other than let him leave. But, but um, I assume he's kind of the Benteke replacement in the squad. And hopefully hopefully he can score some goals because that's what they're, they're desperately in need of. They loaned out Rob Street to Torquay, Scott Banks to Dunfermline, Yaroslav Yash to... I'm not even going to try and pronounce the name of that team. But I assume they're in the Czech Republic. Um, Sam Woods to Plymouth, Brandon Perrick to Kilmarnock, and they released Max Meyer. Unfortunately, Max Meyer was just one of those transfers that didn't work for anybody. Um, he'd had a really good year at Schalke, then a shaky year. His stock was quite low. He was available on a free. His contract expired at Schalke as many Schalke players tend to do. They, he ran his contract down and went looking for a big deal. The big deal he got was Palace, and, and to my knowledge, they paid over 100 grand a week to, to get him in. It hasn't worked out. The, Hodgson was just a terrible manager for him. Hodgson's never going to know what to do with a player like Max Meyer, whose best season came when played as a deep-lying playmaker with kind of powerful runners in front of him. Um, one of whom is Leon Goretzka, who's now dominating the world for Bayern Munich. They never used him properly. It never worked. He had a couple of flashes of brilliance, but by and large, that's a disappointing one. Hopefully he goes back to Germany, settles into a club, and can rebuild his career. He's still quite young. I think he's 25, so more than enough time to, for him to get things back on track. He'll never be the player he was touted to be at 17, 18, but I still think he can be a good player. Um, for a number of Bundesliga clubs. Everton brought in Josh King from Bournemouth. Now, this is an odd deal. So they've signed him on loan till the end of the season. He only had six months left on his contract. But there's an agreement in place that they'll pay a fee at the end of the season if they decide to keep him. It's a really strange move. Unless, unless Bournemouth had some sort of option to extend his contract for a year. I don't really understand why they've done this deal. 
Um, it's a really good signing for Everton. They needed some attacking depth. He'll give them that. He's versatile, can play through the middle as part of a two or on his own, can play off the left, can play a little bit deeper if you need him to. Josh King's a good player. He will add good depth to Everton. I, I think they can be happy with that one. Matthew Pennington has gone on loan to Shrewsbury. Jared Braithwaite on loan to Blackburn. Blackburn had a good window. Um, Brodden Harry Pickering as well from Crew. Now, he's going to spend the rest of the season on loan at Crew, But he's a really good left-back, one to keep an eye on for the future. Ellis Sims has gone on loan to Blackpool. Yannick Balassi up to Middlesbrough. Jonas Lassell has gone on a permanent deal to Mittelland. That one never really worked out for them. He'd been good at Huddersfield. Never really worked at Everton. Um, Cenk Tusen has gone back to Turkey. He's gone on loan to Besiktas. I don't think we'll see him in England again. John Joe Kenny has gone on loan to Celtic. Not really sure what's happened there this year with him because they were crying out for right back for a few weeks and he was available and yet he was sat on the bench. Maybe Carlo didn't fancy him, I don't know. I'm going to butcher this next poor lad's name. Benny Banning me? Really, really sorry, mate. I, I'm, I'm terrible with names. Uh, he's gone on loan to Derby. Don't know a whole lot about him, but he is highly rated by Everton fans. And Anthony Gordon, who's very, very highly rated. He's had some good showings this season. He's gone on loan to Preston. So Preston have gotten him and Malumbi from Brighton. And they got Sepp Vandenberg from Liverpool in on loan. I think Preston can be quite happy with with their incomings. Uh, Everton can be very, very happy with how things have gone. They've moved out a couple of big wages on loan in, in, in in Tucson and, and Balassi uh, brought in a, a, an important player in King who will help them up front, kept hold of everybody they want to keep keep hold of. You know, they've got no problems. Maybe could have done with one more. Um, they're, they're desperate for a right back. Just... Seamus Coleman was very, very good. Never really recovered from that horrific injury. At this point in his career, He's he's fine for a one-off game, fine for, you know, three out of five. But there are games where he does look his age and he does look like a lad with a lot of miles on his legs. I think that needs to be their priority going into the summer is to get a right back in. And they still need to sort out the goalkeeping situation because tiny arms is not very good. And while Robin Olsen is a good goalkeeper, he hasn't seemed to fully grasp the confidence and the, the belief of Carlo yet. So... The goalkeeping thing is probably something they'll need to sort out. Um, Fulham have brought in Josh Maja from Sunderland striker. Very, very talented. Natural goal scorer. He's come in on loan with an option to buy, uh, as most Fulham players do. They've loaned out Anthony Knockhart. He was on loan already at Forest. They've extended that loan. Um, done the same with Jerome Apuku. Stefan Johansson has gone to QPR on loan. Jean-Michel Serry has gone to Bordeaux on loan in a kind of a swapsy with, with Josh Maja. Um AK-47, Kamara, he's gone to Dion. He was linked, I think, to Middlesbrough on loan. And then that kind of went away and, and he finds himself up, at, or finds himself heading for France. He'd probably be happier with that move. Maxime Lamarchand, he's gone to Royal Antwerp, uh, Royal Antwerp on loan. Um, it never really worked for them, for him there. I think they paid eleven million to buy him at the time, the last time they came up, and it just never really worked. Uh, Niskan Skabano, he has gone to Middlesbrough. He's a decent player. He'll do well in the Championship. 
they've gotten rid of some high earners there on loans, and that's good. That clears their books a little bit. I do like the Maja signing. I had been saying they need to get a goal scorer in. I wonder if it'll mean a change of shape. If they may go to more of a 4-4-2 as opposed to the 4-2-3-1 and play him and Mitrovic together. Because that could be interesting. I think he'd work well off a target man. And I think Mitrovic works works better with a partner than he does by himself. Um, it's another loan, so they haven't committed anything. If they go down, they're not facing you know a massive outlay on a, a whole bunch of players. Most of the signings, if they go down, they'll just send back. Very few permanent signings made by Fulham since coming up. Harrison Reed won. Um, Kenny Tete and Anthony Robinson and, uh, and Tosin. Outside of them, I don't think they signed anyone permanently. And they signed that group for about 15 million. So they've managed things well. They've got a good group in there, as I've been saying. They just need a better manager. Get a better manager, give yourselves a chance. Uh, Leeds didn't sign anybody, which is a bit surprising. I did think they'd be busy. I thought they needed to bring in a couple. Uh, Jordan Stevens has gone on loan to Bradford. Ryan Edmondson has gone on loan to Northampton. Robbie Gotts to Sol- Salzburg. So- sorry, Salzburg. Salford. Uh, Rafa Mejico, he's gone to Las Palmas. Connor Shaughnessy has been released. And J. Roy Groth has gone on loan to Osnabrück. No, he's gone permanently to Osnabrück. My mistake. Uh, don't know who he is. Sorry. Um, I, I think they've left themselves a little bit short. Centre-back, Lorente. it looks like they may just need to call it a season for him and let him rebuild his, his fitness and maybe try and sort that ankle problem out, which is, is what's causing the muscular issues. Robin Cock, obviously, is out for a couple of months as well. I think they could have done with trying to get in a centre-back, even on loan. Um, they were linked with Tamori actually they're the, they're the third club that were linked in the Premier League but nothing's materialised it's quite surprising because they've normally been quite aggressive in the transfer market but look Leeds are doing well this season so they, they can't be too disappointed but I, I think they would have liked to get one or two in a club that definitely wanted to get one or two in was Leicester City uh, but they end up with nobody in the door uh, Admiral Mesquay who's got one of the best names in football has gone on loan to Wickham Matty James to Coventry Daniel Iverson, another talented player, gone to Preston on loan. Josh Knight's loan has been extended at Wickham. Philippe Benkovic is gone to Leuven, who are owned by the same people that own Leicester. Um, so that's a nice little internal loan. Uh, Slomani has left the club finally to go to Leon permanently. Damari Gray to Bayer Leverkusen. Leverkusen had a very good window. Gray, Jeremy Fringpong from Celtic, and Timothy Fosu-Mensa from Manchester United for a combined fee under 15 million to get three talented young players in. Now, Gray needs a new lease of life. I'd imagine he'll be a squad player there as well. I don't see him starting over Diaby or um, Leon Bailey. But Peter Bowles is a good coach. He's a good development coach. And I think, you know, if he rotates the three of them, he might get he might get quite a lot out of it. Uh, he's got talent to marry Gray, just needs just needs a belief in himself. Uh, Callum Wright has also gone on loan to Cheltenham. So Leicester are uh, believed to be disappointed in the window. They had hoped to get a couple in the door. Um, there was a couple of mad names linked. I mean, Esco was linked at one point yesterday. Um, a couple of deals fell through on them. 
Rogers apparently is quite peeved about it, but you know, you, you don't buy much into that. He's he he's got a really good squad there, and at the end of the day, he inherited a great squad. He's been able to add decently to it without losing anyone. I know he lost Harry Maguire, but I mean, he had Cagliostro sitting on the bench, who's better. So, you know, they haven't really lost a whole lot of much, um, other than Ben Chilwell. But again, they brought in Tim Castanier, so they got a good player in, even though he's probably not the level of of Chilwell. Um, Liverpool, I'll come back to. I'll do Liverpool last because I've got quite a bit to say. And if you're not a Liverpool fan, you can just turn it off at the end. Uh, Man City then, no incomings. Not surprising. They weren't really tagged to do much this this window, saving their powder for the summer. Morgan Rogers gone on loan to Lincoln. Taylor Harwood Bellis gone on loan to Blackburn again. Another good signing for Blackburn, and uh, and Murich gone on loan to Willem Tway. It, it's just them getting their young players some experience. It's it's clever. It's smart. The city are very well run. They do things the right way. Uh, Manchester United. Ahmed Diallo. That deal was made permanent after they kind of agreed it in the summer. Um, super talented. How close he is to the first team I don't know whether he plays at all for the first team this season we'll just have to wait and see um, you would have liked to see them do a little bit more I think they could have done with getting a midfielder in maybe bring in a bit of competition right back as well but they did say early on that they weren't going to do anything this window I take that to mean Ollie has to get top four before they'll back him again uh, which is fair enough. I, I wouldn't be pouring money into the Ollie project, given how poorly he spent so much of it so far. But, you know, they, they'll they'll come right in the summer. Uh, Max Hagart has gone on loan to Brentford. Eaton Laird to MK Dons. Luco Ecorlani has left permanently to go to Carpi. He was one that arrived at a bit of hype and never really worked out. Fosu Mensa gone to Leverkusen. Uh, Deshaun Bernard has had his loan extended at Salford. Jesse Lingard has gone on loan to West Ham. We'll come to him when we get to that. Uh, Tahit Chong uh, on loan to Club Rouge. I mean, they signed him to an extension last year with loads of promises that he had a bright future at the club and none of it has materialized. He's been given no chances. He should have left on a free when he had the opportunity. Facundo Palestri has gone on loan to Alaves. Very, very talented by all accounts. They brought him in in the summer. Um, so hopefully he goes and gets some games and can can rebuild his can build his confidence and come back to United in the summer as a player ready to contribute. Ted and Menji, who I don't know anything about, but he's meant to be very very good. He's gone on loan to Derby. And Marcus Rojo, the the Marcus Rojo experiment at Manchester United is finally over. Uh, he has left. He's gone. They've gone to Boca Juniors on a free. Uh, he was one that they were looking to sell in order to raise money for a centre back. <laughs> You were never getting a penny for him. You've probably had to pay him to go away. Um, a bad signing, a waste of money. A handful of good games over his what, four or five years at the club. Just a, a disaster all round for everybody considered. Um, they've cleared a bit of money off their wage bill. That's that's the height of what they've done. They weren't able to find a home for Phil Jones. I think the injury that Phil Jones is carrying probably scuppered a few moves. And somehow they still own Sergio Romero. Why they still own him, nobody can tell me, but they still own him anyway. Uh, on to Newcastle. Joe Willock in on loan from Arsenal. 
Uh, Rolando Aaron's out to Huddersfield on a permanent, and DeAndre Yedlin gone to Galatasaray. So I like Joe Willock as a player. I don't think he's got the highest ceiling in the world, but I think he's going to be a decent Premier League player. He'll give you a bit of drive in midfield. He's probably got a few goals in him if he's used in a more attacking midfield role, though I do think he's probably better as a box-to-box player. I wouldn't have said midfield was the area that Newcastle most needed to strengthen, but it seemed to be the area that they most wanted to strengthen. Now, whether this is a move with the aim of sticking with the diamond in midfield and getting someone in who should fit that quite well, I don't know. Um, but Willock is a good player, and to get him in on loan is is solid business from Newcastle. You'd, you'd love to see them spend a bit of money. You'd love to see them have some ambition, but I, I wouldn't give Steve Bruce money to spend because God knows what grocks he'd find. You know, you'd have a team full of six foot seven lads just volleying people into the stands. It wouldn't be pretty. They're one of the other teams that needs to change their manager. They need to go in a different direction, but their biggest problem is they've got the worst or one of the two worst sets of owners in the league or owner in the league in Mike Ashley. He's right up there with Golden Sullivan at um, at West Ham, so you can't expect a whole lot of much from him. Joe Willock is, is a decent signing. He will help. That's all you can really say. He will help. Uh, Sheffield United didn't do anything. Uh, in terms of incomings, they loaned out George Broadbent, Michael Verrups, and Jake Eastwood to Bearshot, FC Emmon, and Grimsby, respectively. Didn't bring anybody in. They needed to bring somebody in. They needed a centre-back, preferably a left-footer. They could have done with another body in midfield, maybe someone that could put their foot in the ball. There was loan. I mean, John Michel Seri would have been a decent loan to bring in. Um, ben Davies, the Liverpool signed, would have been a decent signing for them for a left-footed centre-back who you know could could play until such time as Jack O'Connell is back in the summer. But they did nothing. Uh, they seem to be, you know, just accepting their lot. It's it's clever in a way because obviously they don't want to mortgage the future and they don't want to have a big outlet when they're probably going to go down. But at the same time, you know, give yourselves at least a chance. There was lone players out there. They could have gone for somebody. Um, so a little bit disappointing from them. Southampton bring in Taki Minamino on loan from Liverpool. Uh, I really like this signing for them. I really, really like this signing for them. He's very, very talented. He just hasn't had an opportunity at Liverpool. Liverpool play a 4-3-3. There's only one position in that that he fits, which is the number nine role, which is Bobby Firmino's position. He's gotten limited opportunities in that role and when he has played there he hasn't played there with Mane and Salah so that's disappointing um he obviously arrived last January there was the pandemic he never really got integrated into the squad never really found his groove never got up to speed Southampton's shape fits him a lot better that that box midfield with two up front fits him a lot better he can play as one of the front two or as one of the two behind that so He's not going to play instead of Danny Ings, but he could play alongside Danny Ings instead of Che Adams, or he could play instead of Armstrong, Walcott, Jenepo, the lads they use in that second line. He'll give them good depth. He's a very good player. If he finds if he finds form, I, I would bet that they'll end up wanting to buy him. They asked for an option to buy. Liverpool turned that down. But I think if he does well there, Southampton will be back in the summer looking to keep him permanently. I hope they treat him well. He's a really good lad. And um, 
best of luck to him. I'm, I'm delighted he's gotten a move because it wasn't right seeing him sitting on the bench at Liverpool while Divock Origi was out flouncing around the field, not caring about anything. Uh, um, Southampton's outgoings, Tyreek Johnson goes on a permanent to Gillingham, Callum Slattery on loan to Gillingham, Jake Vokens on loan to Sunderland, Jan Valeri on loan to Birmingham, and Shane Long on loan to Bournemouth, where he'll obviously replace Josh King in their squad. It's a good window for Saints. They didn't have any money to spend. They probably would have liked to have brought in a couple of others, but they make do with what they have. They clear out you know, the wages of Long, which allowed them to bring in uh, Minamino. They've paid, I believe, 500000 as a loan fee to Liverpool. So you know, they've, they've gotten him at a good price. And I, I, like I say, if he does well, I think they'll want to keep him. Spurs didn't bring in anybody. They loaned out um, Jubilo Okadina to uh, Cambridge. Jack Clark to Stoke. Those Premier League clubs that could have done with Jack Clark. You can't tell me Burnley couldn't have done with him. Just as a spark off the bench. Harvey White goes to Portsmouth. Uh, Anthony Georgiou goes to uh, AEL Limassol on a permanent deal. Brandon Austin goes on loan to Orlando City. Shilau Tracy goes on loan to Cambridge. Maliki Fagan, Walcott goes on loan to Dundee. Uh, Maurizio Pochettino goes on a permanent deal to um, to Watford. Now that's Maurizio with a Z, not a not a C, um, and he is obviously the son of Mauricio Pochettino, the manager who was there. Uh, best of luck to him. I, I hope he does really well. It was only a matter of time, really, before he left the club. Um, some people believed he was only ever at Spurs because of his dad. Um, but look, hopefully he does well at Watford. Troy Parrott, whose loan at Millwall didn't go all that well, was recalled, has been loaned out again to Ipswich. I think that'll work much better. Jonathan Dubai leaves on a permanent to Mo- Molenbeek. Uh, Kazai Sterling, who's very talented, he's gone to Granite Morton on loan. He hasn't really developed the way he was expected to. Um, Jack Rolls goes on loan to Stevenage and Paolo Gazaniga goes on loan to Elche. Uh, he's a victim of, of the passport rules. He's a much better goalkeeper than Joe Hart at this point in both of their careers. But unfortunately, Joe Hart is the first choice goalkeeper and that poor fella has to go out on loan. Um, not surprising that they didn't do anything. They did quite a lot in the summer. And I think they're probably a little hesitant to give Mourinho more money to spend until he gets them in the top four. West Brom bring in Robert Snodgrass on a cheap deal from West Ham. Andy Lonergan, who'd been a free agent, formerly of Liverpool. Mabai Diagna, I don't know much about him. He's coming in from Galatasaray. Oka Yukuzlu from Celta Vigo. Again, don't know a whole lot about him. Hopefully, at least one of them's a centre-back. Uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, though, I really like the signing of him. He is a quality player. He deserved better than he was getting at Arsenal. If they're going to stick to a back three, he makes quite a lot of sense for them as a wing-back. So, Diagna is a striker that they've brought in on loan from Galatasaray. Um, he has done quite well. So, He's been at Galatasaray. Let's see now. He was at Ujpest in... He was owned by Juventus. That's where we'll start. They loaned him out a bunch. He was at Ujpest in uh, the Hungarian League. He scored 11 in 14. 
went to China with Tianjin, scored 10 and 27, and then 6 in 17. Kazim Pasa in Turkey signed him. He scores 12 in 17, and then 20 in 17. Galatasaray signed him. He scores 10 and 12. Then they inexplicably loan him out to Club Bruges, where he scores four and six. So he's got quite a good track record. I don't really understand. He's had some disciplinary issues. He was sent off and, and suspended for spitting at an opponent while he was in um in Turkey. But he seems like he's got quite a good track record. He's not a player I'm familiar with. Um, he's a Senegalese international, 10 caps, 0 goals. He's 29, he's 6'4", so he is a big Sam type of striker. You'd expect he'd be, he'd be fairly handy in the air. Um, but they, look, they, they were in need of extra help up front. So he's, he's already made his debut. Um, oh, of course, yeah, yeah, he assisted the... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he set up the goal for Pereira um, in, in the last game. So, yeah, look, if he does well, great. I'm sure they'll they'll want to hold on to him if they can keep if they can stay up, which looks unlikely at the moment. But you never know. Um, Yakuzlu, he's a Turkish midfielder, 29 international caps for Turkey. He was at Trabzon. I don't remember him at Trabzon Spore. Like these seem like good signings. These genuinely, genuinely seem like good signings. They don't fix the problem, which is that the defense is an absolute train wreck. But these seem like good signings. Based on based on a quick YouTube a quick um a quick Wikipedia look, they seem like decent signings. On loan, no risk, whatever. Maitland Niles is one that will make a lot of sense. He he will help there big time. Um, he's a good player as a wing back. He's he's really really good. He's he's capable of being a regular for most Premier League teams in that role. Uh, Owen Windsor leaves on loan to Newport. Charlie Austin on loan to QPR. That's why they let him go because they were bringing in Diangna. Uh, Jonathan Bond goes on a permanent to LA Galaxy. Kenneth Zahora's loan to Millwall has been extended. He's the reason that Troy Parrott wasn't getting enough games. Um, Sam Field on loan to QPR makes sense with, with Yukuzlu coming in he's a good player but he's probably not quite Premier League ready yet Raheem Harper on loan to Birmingham same situation Cedric Heaper who they brought in in the summer from Wigan gave zero opportunities to and they've now loaned him out to Charlois. Um strange one for, for a team whose defence is a train wreck to not give a defender an opportunity is weird um Look, like I said, I don't know anything about the two the two lads they've brought in. Snodgrass is Snodgrass. He's a, you know he is what he is. He's a, he's a good player with a good left foot. He struggles to keep up with the pace of the game, and he won't be able to play every game. But when he plays, he'll do a job. Maitland Niles is a good player. He makes sense for them. If those two lads work out and are, and are decent, look, it gives them a chance. They needed to sort that defense out. So how how you can look at that squad for the last two windows and only sign. Cedric Ypre, who you've decided isn't good enough, and the ghost of Branislav Ivanovic, I just, I have no idea. That is mind-blowing to me. And when they go down, it will be because of that defence. And I will sit here and say, I told you so. 
Uh, West Ham United sign Frederick Alves, who's meant to be quite a highly rated Danish player um, from Silkberg. Made the Saeed Benrahma deal permanent. That one was a no-brainer. And bring in Jesse Lingard on loan. I like the signing for West Ham. Because I think Lingard's a decent player. And I think it gives them more depth. I don't like the move for him. See, Sheffield United should have been in for him. Goals from midfield. One of the things they needed. Um, He goes to West Ham. They've got Ben Rama. They've got Fernals. They've got Bowen. Then they've got Yarmolenko and Lanzini. So he's probably in the mix with Yarmolenko and Lanzini. I, I think Lanzini's a better player than him. Yarmo at this point, probably not. But he can still score goals. So it, it doesn't seem like the ideal move. Now, I know he, he was quite close to Moyes when Moyes was manager there. And Moyes was the first manager to really show faith in him. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's what swung it. It wouldn't have been the move I'd have made if I was Jesse Lingard. But I hope it goes well for him. He's had a very tough time of things the last 12 to 18 months. Uh, it'd be good to see him get his career back on track. He is only just turned 28. So he still has a little bit of time to to kind of rebound and, and get things moving in the right direction. Um, I tell a lie. It wasn't Moyes. It wasn't Moyes. Moyes. He was there under Moyes and didn't play at all. He was loaned to Birmingham and then to Brighton when Moyes was there. So I've got that completely wrong. Um, it looks like it was Van Hal, his second season, who gave him his break, and then he played quite a bit under Mourinho. Um, so I don't really understand then why he's gone to West Ham. But... um. Sebastian Haller leaves on a permanent deal for Ajax. Dan Kemp on a permanent deal to Leighton Orient. Robert Snods, Snodgrass to uh, West Brom, obviously. Uh, Gonzalo Cardoso, who's a talented, I think he's a talented Portuguese defender. He's gone to FC Ball on loan. I don't think we'll see him back. Winston Reid, who I'd forgot existed, has gone on loan to Brentford. Oladapo Afalonian, he's gone to Bolton, and I've butchered his name, so yeah, it's a double blow for him. And um, A.G. Alessi, he's gone on loan to Cambridge. They probably still they, they still need a left back. They probably still could have done with you know one or two more. But it's a good it's a good solid window. Getting the Ben Rama deal done permanently is the big win of the window for um, for West Ham. Managed to hold on to Issa Diop, whether they wanted to or not. Um, it, it at least keeps some depth at centre back. Still think there's one or two holes in that team. Left back, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be overly keen on Cresswell. Um, I'm not overly keen on Dawson. He's done okay of late. He was poor against Liverpool, even though he scored, but in open play he was very, very poor. I'm not fan of a, a fan of Ogbonna either. I think he's got too many mistakes in him. I think centre back is an issue, left back is an issue. Lo- love the midfield pairing, love the three behind the striker. They could have done with more striking depth, but it is what it is for them for now. And then finally, Wolverhampton Wanderers bring in William Jose on loan from Real Sociedad. Uh, it's a move that makes a ton of sense because obviously he replaces what they had lost with Ruben or with Raul Jimenez getting injured. Um, he's a very similar type of player. I think they'll probably want to keep him if he does all right, which I expect him to do. He's he, he's he looked he looked decent against Palace in his debut. Uh, Oscar Burr goes on loan to um, Grasshoppers. Niall Ennis has left the club permanently to Plymouth. 
John Catalana has gone to Odds BK, who I assume are in Norway. Ryan Giles has gone on loan to Rotherham. Patrick Catrone, who they brought back from a loan at Fiorentina, has now gone out on loan to Valencia. I'm not sure why they didn't just hang on to him until the end of the summer. Or the end of the season, rather. Like, why not just keep him and have two strikers fit? You know, because you can't rely on Fabio Silva. He's not ready. You'd be better off loaning out Silva. Um, Terry, Terry Taylor, who sounds like a 1980s wrestler, he's gone on a permanent deal to Burton Albion. Roderick Miranda has been released. Jamie Pardington has gone on loan to Manf- Mansfield. Luke Matheson, who's a very, very talented young defender, he's gone to Ipswich on loan. So they've done well, Ipswich, to get in a couple of good loan signings uh, with him and Troy Parrott. Uh, Meriton Shabani has gone on loan to all the V's, Venlo. Um, and Ruben Vinagra, whose loan to Olympiacos, they cut short because he wasn't getting enough game time, has gone on loan uh, to Portuguese club Famalicão. Uh, again, I've probably butchered it, but I don't care because it's not important for me to know that. Um, on to Liverpool then, last but not least. Liam Miller leaves on loan to Charlton. Adam Lewis leaves on loan to Plymouth. Sepp Vandenberg leaves on loan to Preston. And Takumi Minamino leaves on loan to uh, Southampton. So Miller and Lewis don't really have a future at the club. So hopefully these moves go well and turn into permanent deals. Vandenberg is very talented. He has struggled since joining Liverpool. Has looked much better this season. And obviously goes to Preston in, in, in exchange for Ben Davies. Hopefully he does well there and either sticks with them or comes back to Liverpool a better player. And, you know, I've spoken on Minamino. They make two signings. Uh, ben Davies arrives from Preston. Initially, I I didn't, didn't think much of this deal, I have to say. I looked at the facts of the matter. He's 25 years of age. He's still playing in the championship for a mid-table team. Not one of the teams that is competing regularly to get promoted. They're a mid-table team. So that was that was a concern for me. Um, he's had a contract at the end of the season, and yet no Premier League clubs or top-end championship clubs had made a move from. So that was a concern. He's missed a bunch of games each season through injury. So again, that that's a bit of a concern given where Liverpool are right now. But when you consider the fact that Liverpool's other options, Liverpool wanted three. Now, some people will tell you they wanted two. Liverpool wanted three. Allow me to give you the facts of the matter. (laughs) Liverpool wanted three centre-backs in. They were looking to bring in someone cheap and cheerful who could be a pure backup, a pure squad depth piece. The options they looked at were Mustafi from Arsenal, who Arsenal were preparing to release, heard Liverpool were interested and immediately wanted to get some money out of it, so asked for a fee. Scott Dan from Crystal Palace, who's 33 years of age. He's a season ticket holder at Liverpool. There was probably a bit of a sentimental look at that. Martin Kelly, also of Crystal Palace, also always injured. Uh, He was looked at. He was spoken to. So Ben Davies is a much better signing than any of those three. He's younger. He's, his wages are going to be substantially less. He's got a better fitness track record than Dan or Kelly. He's left-footed, which is a bonus. And he was very cheap. His wages are going to be a fraction of what they, what they would be on. 
and he was very cheap to bring in. They've paid 500,000 up front, 1.1 million in add-ons. And some of them add-ons are probably not realistic, like an England cap, um, you know, playing X amount of games, whatever. It's a bargain for Liverpool. It's a good deal for Preston because they get some money. They get Vandenberg on loan. They've got massive amounts of attention over the last couple of days. Uh, myself and Eddie Gibbs and Anfield Index Pro spoke to the lads from from the Finney, which is the I think the only independent Preston North End podcast. Three really really good lads, um, and they were really excited about this move for him. And talking to them and listening to them talk about him as a player and as a person and what he's been through and how hard his path has been to establish himself. It really did turn me around on this deal. And the injuries aren't as bad as I thought they'd been. Because when I looked at Transfer Market, they had the injuries. The lads confirm it's not hamstring problems. It's an ankle issue. An ankle issue you can solve. They can get that sorted in the summer if Liverpool want to. He'll get much better coaching at Liverpool. He'll have more one-to-one and development coaching. At 25, there's no downside here. Worst case scenario, he doesn't do well. They'll still sell him for two or three million. E- easily, probably five million. A left-footed English centre-back, probably five million. There'll be championship clubs that will want him. If he does well, either he could become part of the rotation as a depth, a depth centre-back, or again, they can sell him on. Maybe they get 10 or 12 million for him. You know Celtic will still hold interest, given that he was on his way to sign, literally on his way to sign for Celtic. He was on the road to sign for Celtic. And his agent called him and said, turn that car around, son, and head for Liverpool. Um, so, yeah, I am, I'm, I'm enthused by that one. Um, and then they bring in Ozan Quebec. Now, Quebec, they were linked to it in the summer, and they did make a move for him in the summer, but Schalke were asking for a fee in the region of about 30 to 35 million pounds. Liverpool have brought him in on loan for a 1 million loan fee with an option to buy in the summer for 18 million. Schalke initially wanted an obligation to buy. Liverpool have somehow bullied them into it just being an option for 18 million, which is a bargain price for a centre-back of his age. He's only 20 years of age and his talent and potential. He is one of the most talented young defenders in Europe. He's been in a really bad situation there at Schalke where the whole club is in turmoil from the top down. They're under massive debt. The team is underperforming. Things are just falling apart drastically. They're going down and they're they're not just going down. Like they are actively running into the second Bundesliga. They're not they're not even trying to fight fight the drop. Um I think Liverpool have done really well to get him in. There's no risk to it, as with the Davies one. If, they, if it doesn't work, they just send him back in the summer. You know, thanks and goodbye. The disappointment here is that they did try for the third one. And Duje Saleta Car of Marseille was to be that third one. Now, to rewind, at the start of the window, Liverpool had a deal in place to sign Sven Botman from Lille. And Lille moved the goalpost and wanted more money up front, 8 million, than Liverpool were willing to spend up front, which I believe was about 4 million. So that deal fell apart. Liverpool had James Pearce tweet out, kind of 
Liverpool have no interest, blah, blah, blah. They did have interest. They had a deal done. It just fell apart. Fast forward to this weekend. Duje collect the car. Now, there are conflicting stories with this, but the most widely said story, the most widely reported story on it and what, what people in the know have said is that the deal was agreed, the fee was agreed, the payment structure was agreed, contract terms were agreed. He was getting ready to board a plane to fly to Liverpool, well, fly to Manchester to come to drive to Liverpool to sign. And Marseille pulled the plug because they didn't feel they had long enough to get a replacement in. Now, given that they put together the Oliver Nitcham deal from Celtic on deadline day, I don't believe that they didn't have time. What I believe to be the situation is that they are for sale right now. Frank McCourt, who is a shady, shady operator, is trying to sell the club. Probably didn't want to sell one of their prize assets while the club is being sold or is in, you know, while they're looking for buyers because you want to be able to point to a player and say, well, look, you know, you could sell him for 20 million. There's a good asset as opposed to, oh, no, we sold him and I've, I've taken the money and put that in my bank, Ken. That's my money and you can't have it. Um, Andre Villas-Boas has resigned this morning uh, during a press conference because he didn't want Oliver Nitchum. <laughs> he just didn't want him. It's, he doesn't agree with the vision of the club. So they're in turmoil. Their fans broke into their, their training ground on Friday wrecked the place, threw things at players, lit some fires. The whole club is in turmoil. Add to that the situation in France with the TV deal collapsing and there's currently no French football uh, really been broadcast anywhere um, unless you can get like, unless you've got BT Sport or something like that. Um, but there's no f- French football being shown in France right now, which is a bit disappointing. Um, and all the clubs are suffering for it. The money, money is... is uh, very much uh, in short supply among French football clubs. So they're in turmoil. It was probably the wrong club to try and buy from, but Liverpool obviously trying to maybe take advantage of the financial situation. But he would have been brought in to start at left-side centre-back, and then when Van Dijk comes back, he's basically the backup to Van Dijk, who can play some games with him. One of them shifts to the right-hand side. But largely, it'll be to lower the workload on Van Dijk. I think that's going to be the aim for Liverpool moving forward, is that he doesn't have to play 55 games a season. Um, if, they'd, if they'd gotten him, plus Quebec, plus Davies, that would have been a really good window. Unfortunately, they didn't. And when that deal hit the skids on Saturday night, no, sorry, Sunday night, they moved to David Carmo of Braga. They still kept trying to get Coletta Carr. They tried for David Carmo of Braga, another left-side centre-back. So the, the plan clearly was a left-side centre-back and then Quebec as a right-side centre-back. Um, unfortunately, they just couldn't get that third one across the line. But believe me, they worked on that till as close to the deadline as they could before it became pointless. It's unfortunate for them. They can be very happy with the two they got in, especially with the outlay, 1.5 million to get two centre-backs in. Uh, they're not of the quality of Gomez and Davies, though I do think Quebec's ceiling is higher than Joe Gomez's, especially as a defender, as a pure defender. Uh, you're not replacing Van Dijk. That's just 
you know, he's the best defender in the world. But Davies would have been a, a decent squad addition. And worst case scenario, he's better than Reese Williams, and he's probably better than Nat Phillips as well. He's certainly a lot better on the ball. He's a very good passer of the ball. The bad news then hits at about ten past eleven when um, Paul Joyce first, and then the club announced that Joel Matip is out for the rest of the season, which explains why they wanted three and not two, and probably explains why they actually acted in the end to get some players in. Joel Matip ruled out for the rest of the season with an ankle ligament injury. And to be fair to the lad, he's had such bad luck with injuries, but it's probably time for Liverpool to say goodbye in the summer and move him on. He's played 10 Premier League games this season. He played nine last season. He just can't stay fit. And when he gets hurt, it's a small injury, small injury, and then a big injury, and he's gone. So for the good of everybody, Liverpool probably need to move on from Joel Matip in the summer. Good player when fit, but he's never fit. Like 19 games across two seasons. It's half a season out of two seasons. It's not good enough, unfortunately. Um, we'll wrap up with some gossip. Even though the transfer window is just closed, we might as well. Uh, from the Mirror, Bayern Munich Chief Executive Karl-Heinz Rummenigge says Liverpool and Chelsea are the two teams from the Premier League vying with his side for RB Leipzig France defender Der Upamecano. You are probably correct, Mr. Rummenigge. Um, RMC Sport said that Liverpool had a £23 million, pound, 23 million euro bid rejected by Marseille in theory they did reject it but in, they actually accepted it first and then rejected it afterwards when they decided they couldn't sign anybody probably could have because of the chaos um, Sky Sports reporting that Liverpool rejected a late attempt from Southampton to take Nico Williams on loan a loan doesn't really benefit or, or make any sense for, for Liverpool. If it had been a permanent deal, I would have been in favour of it. I don't think he's good enough to play for Liverpool, but a loan doesn't help Liverpool at all there. Uh, Manchester City were not interested in signing Diego Costa as a free agent, despite rumours linking him with the club. That's from the mail. See, this is one of those stories where it's very easy to write after the fact. Um, he, look, he's a free agent. He could still sign for somebody before the squads have to be announced. But, I mean, look, he was never a fit for City. He couldn't think of a worse fit for City than him. Calcio Mercato, always full of nonsense. Manchester City have joined the race to sign Inter Milan's Moroccan international defender, Ashraf Hakimi, with a 35 million rated 22-year-old already wanted by Arsenal. And Chelsea will... Forgive me if I'm a little bit hesitant to believe that Chelsea, who own Rhys James are interested in signing a player very similar to Reese James. I, I don't believe for one second that Chelsea are interested in him. I don't really believe that Manchester City are as well because they've got Joe Canseo and Kyle Walker at right back. Arsenal would make sense. I don't for one second think that Inter are open to selling open to selling him and they're certainly not selling him at 35 million, which is what they paid for him and he's been good for them. So it's nonsense. Um, the Birmingham Mail report that Aston Villa and Chelsea have not yet held talks over a permanent deal for English midfielder Ross Barkley. With all parties happy to assess the situation at the end of the season, I think for, for Villa, it's important to keep him. I think he's been really, really good. Obviously, they missed him when he had the injury, but as soon as he's come back, he's made an impact again. Um, Real Madrid, from AS, Real Madrid boss Zinedine Zidane must win the Champions League 
to be certain of retaining his job. I'm not sure he sees out the end of the season. Real are dreadful. Uh, Scotland midfielder Billy Gilmore will remain part of Thomas Tuchel's squad for the second half of the season after impressing the new boss in training, according to the London Evening Standard. Um, they should have loaned him out. He's not going to play. He's not going to get enough games. He needs games. It's it's just silly. Manchester United did not consider signing Roma's Bosnian Herzegovina striker Edin Dzeko uh, during the transfer window. From according to the Express, I mean, again, very very easy thing to write after the window has closed. Where was this energy during the window when the links were out there? Um. Manchester Evening News say that Manchester City's increased confidence in their central defensive options prompted a change of heart in allowing English defender Taylor Harwood Bellis to join Blackburn on loan. So, I mean, that's an interesting one. He's played two games this season, both in the EFL Cup. Four last season, two in the EFL Cup, one in Europe. I think there was a sub-appearance. I'm one in the FA Cup. So six appearances. I, I have no idea how many starts. Um, he likely wasn't going to play anyway. I mean, has anyone had a quick look at the City squad? It's it's rather strong. And they probably don't really have any need for a young centre-back at the moment. Um, they've got Kyle Walker, who can play centre-back. Ruben Diaz, one of the best centre-backs in the league. John Stones has been very good. Nathan Aki, a uh, very good centre-back. Americ Laporte on form, top three centre-back in the league. Um, Eric Garcia is still there. He, he's a centre-back as well. So when was he going to play? Philippe Sandler is still there as well. He's a centre-back. So he wasn't going to play. He was, with the exception of Sandler, I would suggest he was behind all of those that I mentioned in the centre-back pecking order. There's also Fernandinho, who's played centre-back a bunch for them, and Rodri can play centre-back. So I, I think that's probably uh, what we class as absolute nonsense from the Manchester Evening News. Um, AFC Wimbledon are considering making Emma Hayes, boss of Chelsea's women team, the first female manager of a professional men's team. I like the sentiment. I don't think there's any chance it happens. I think they're just maybe trying to get a bit of attention, you know, maybe making it look like they're they're open to I don't think they're really going to strongly consider it because I think there will be so much toxic sexism and nonsense and misogyny that it just wouldn't be worthwhile. Alan Pardew apparently has put his name in the ring. They should take that name, burn it, and then bury it in a hole and, and never consider him. Um, Steve Bruce has told Matt Ritchie to knuckle down again for Newcastle after his deadline day move to Bournemouth collapse. That's from the Newcastle Chronicle. It's a shame. It is a shame that um, he didn't get his move. I think he was looking to get out somewhere and play more regularly. Whether he'd have played all that regularly for Bournemouth, I don't know, but he probably does need a change of scenery. Uh, also, from the Northern Echo, uh, Newcastle, sorry, Bruce has warned the Longstaff brothers, who are both linked with possible loan moves on deadline day, that the pair will have to be patient as they look to kickstart their Newcastle careers. 
because things are going so swimmingly. The team is in such great form, and all the midfielders are brilliant that, that these two lads who barely get a chance need to be patient. You don't earn enough to get a start, lads. These higher earner fellas who've been garbage all season, they're the ones that belong in the team. Um, Aston Villa's, this is from the Times via the Birmingham Mail, Aston Villa's 17-year-old England midfielder. I'm going to call him Kearney, and I don't, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce his surname. Um, he's been, mon- he's meant to be, this kid is meant to be super talented. Uh, he's been monitored by Manchester United and Liverpool. Um, very, very talented player, and it's obvious that Liverpool and United are going to be looking at any bright young English players, given the new Brexit laws especially. Um, but I I don't see that. Like, If you're a young player, why would you want to leave Villa right now with the way things are going? Um, I just don't see that that would be a smart move. He's an attacking midfielder or central midfielder. Does train with the first team. I'd assume he's, he's on a pro deal as well, so like they'll have to buy him. And if I'm Villa, I just don't sell him. I just don't sell him. If, if he's as good as you think he is, and as good as he's made out to be, you keep hold of him. Um, finally, from the Telegraph, football's governing bodies are preparing to make England the first country to formally limit heading into professional training as part of a wide-ranging strategy to tackle the names, the game's growing dementia crisis. Huh. How are you going to limit? Oh, limit heading and training. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm fully on board. Fully on board with this. Um, I think it's, it is something that needs to be taken very, very seriously. And, um, there's there's a lot of science and studies that show the effect it has uh, long term, and I think it's it's important that it is taken seriously. We've seen some good moves made with the um, with the concussion protocol this week. So, with a bit of luck, um, this is taken seriously, and and we can start to reduce the number of former players uh, that we you know later find out are suffering from dementia or any similar type of uh, ailment. That is it. That is the show for today. Um, There's games tonight, and you should be aware of them. I should be aware of them as well, I suppose. Um, We have Sheffield United against West Brom at Bramall Lane. Wolves against Arsenal at Molyneux. Manchester United against Southampton at Old Trafford. And Newcastle against Palace up at St. James's. So the first two, Sheffield United and West Brom, are six and, and Arsenal Wolves. They're six o'clock kickoffs, quarter past eight for the other two. Um, a big, big opportunity for Sheffield United here. If they can get that win, they'll only be one point behind West Brom. So, you know, they get themselves a little bit closer to the, the body of the league, I suppose, and, and you know, the, the chance to not finish bottom. Um, huge game for West Brom. West Brom must win that game, or, or they're they're in major trouble. They're in trouble anyway, but you know this, this could be a, a nail in the coffin for them. Uh, Wolves desperately need a win, but I, I would back Arsenal to get the win there, given the form of both teams. You'd expect United beats Southampton at home, but then it's United and it's at home, so maybe not. 
Southampton will cause them problems. It's just a matter of, I suppose, whether Bruno turns up or not. And then Newcastle against Palace. I mean, I can't think of any games I want to watch least. Less? Less. <laughs> I can't think of a game. I can't think of a worse managed game. Other than Crystal Palace West Brom, which actually turned out to be all right. Um, Steve Bruce against Roy Hodgson is the game nobody wants to watch. Uh, but I will subject myself to it at some point. And uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow. That's it. That's the show. Thank you very much. See you tomorrow. Thank you, Guy. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.